Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always updating Assistant that can be called on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. That's how we own it! What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where the streets, streets and politics meet. My son, Lennon. What's I just want to say at the outset of this today's show that I'm very, very, very proud to see you really just kind of like spreading your wings and grabbing your destiny, as they would say, you know, just trying to do the things and accomplish the things that you've set out to do. You've been talking about um, trying to, you know, bring to the forefront and, and some of them are already in the forefront, but really to bring conversations around people who really have had to endure like 
hard, difficult circumstances, whether it be based upon their choice choices or whether they got caught up, whether they are wrongfully charged, convicted and things like that. But you wanted to talk to people who are, you know, folks that that we respect and and you have been saying you wanted to create this brand, sit down with the stand ups and you've done it. And, you know, you are sort of in the very beginning stages of debuting your project. And I just wanted to say I'm proud of what you're doing. And we we the people would like to know what this is and why you created Sit Down with the Stand Ups, which is going to be today will be the first episode of it. Really, I mean, you did another interview with your brother, your, your one of your your mentor, dear friend, Tone, um, uh, you did an interview some months back, but this one is going to really be like the debut of your project. So tell us about it. Well, first of all, thank you. You know, it's, it's been something that I, I wanted to do for a long time, you know, being formerly incarcerated and, you know, and, and dealing with the stigma. You know, when I came home, there was this stigma of you know, oh, you're just somebody that's been in jail. You're not going to do anything. You know, recidivism rates are high. People going back and forth to jail, you know, and, and you have this pretty much scarlet letter on you, you know, the F and the felony. So I wanted to talk to people who I've known who've been incarcerated, who, who had to go through those hardships, whether it been through poor choices. Some have been incarcerated for, for things they didn't do, you know, but all of them have utilized whatever time and, you know, circumstances and, and came home and had very, very strong impacts and been successful. And I wanted to highlight that. I don't think those things are talked about it enough. I think if we start to highlight individuals who've, you know, been rehabilitated and, and actually took the time to learn from mistakes made, you know, and, and actually came out in society and been productive, I think it will give people who who actually are released and give them faith so that they don't have to return to prison. And then it will actually give society a different view. You know, at any given time, you can lose your freedom. You know, so it's not when it's not about falling down. It's how you get back up. So sit down with the stand-ups, sit down conversations with people I consider to be stand-up individuals. And today is going to be our first episode. Like you said, it's not really our first episode because I did interview my man Tone in, in the early stages, which is a, another dope interview that you should go check out. It's on my YouTube page. Um, my son General, go check that out. But this is our first interview, you know, that we did like underneath the guise of just sit down with real professionally and, and had it all structured out. So going to interview my guy, Aaron, our friend, you know, our brother, A, you know, who, who overcame a lot of things from a young age, man, being in the streets to now being a successful entrepreneur, you know, and just all around good individuals. So this interview is dope. We got a lot more coming up, but this is going to be our first interview, man. Sit down with the stand-ups. Shout out to Aaron for, you know, sitting down and, and giving me this information and giving me your story and pouring into this. So I look forward to it. It's, it's a it's long time coming, but the, the, the people that we're going to be interviewing is going to be people that are going to motivate you. You know, it's mm -hmm. not going to be just a bunch of bullshit and who you got beef with and why you don't like this person and negativity. Nah, it's going to be about people 
real people going through real struggles and overcoming those struggles and, and coming out on top. Well, that's we definitely need more of that. So I'm all in. Let's check it out. Sit down with the stand-ups. Aaron, let's go. Are you all about the NBA action? You gotta try Pick Six, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nissan has a car for everyone, and that means every driver who wants more. Whatever your more is, more freedom, more head-turning style, more exhilaration, Nissan has it. Get more exhilaration behind the wheel of the Nissan Z, the sports car built to deliver the most thrilling drive ever. Make more moves with the Nissan Rogue that can switch between power and fuel efficiency at the press of a pedal. If you're craving more adventure with your crew, try the Nissan Pathfinder, the vehicle with a muscle to help you handle the journey. Want more of a rush with your drive? Drive, zip around in the agile and stylish Nissan Sentra. And for a drive that's positively more electric, the Nissan Aria has the perfect combination of raw power and refined luxury. When you want more of what makes driving exciting, from sports cars and sedans to EVs, pickups, and crossovers, you can rely on Nissan because more is all we do. Get the endless excitement and the more you've been looking for. Check out Nissan's amazing lineup. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 2023 EPA fuel economy estimates. 30 city MPG, 37 highway MPG, 33 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV front wheel drive, 28 city MPG, 35 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV all wheel drive, 29 city MPG, 36 highway MPG, 32 combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum front wheel drive, 28 city MPG, 34 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum all wheel drive. Actual mileage may vary with driving conditions. Use for comparison only. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Course. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. So today, I have a very special guest, someone that I call a friend, a comrade, you know, a stand-up individual, because this is what it is, sit down with the stand-ups. You know, I created this podcast, and he's actually our first official guest of this podcast in our new studio. You know, Tone was the first official, first guest, but this is the first official guest on the podcast, you know, and he's somebody that I respect, someone that I've watched, you know, since he's been back into society, just continue to move, you know, in a, in what I say, a respectful manner, you know what I'm saying? With integrity, he carries himself with integrity. Somebody I respect, man. So I would like to introduce my guest today, my brother, Big A, A-Ron. Oh, What's going on, Ken? Thank How you, you man. Today, First man? Oh, man, I'm great. I, I want to say thank you for allowing me to come on. and Because uh, everybody can't come here, eh? Everybody can't. You know what I'm saying? That's why everybody. I created this podcast, because I was tired of watching podcasts where people interview people who don't have integrity, you know, who've never been battle-tested, who haven't been through anything, mm. who haven't, you know what I'm saying, who, who really don't deserve to be interviewed. So it's like, what I say to myself, if, if you see that something is missing, create it. Don't complain, you know, activate. So, you know, sit downs with the stands ups was a birth child of that, especially. And I want to interview brothers and sisters, you know, who have overcome, especially going to prison, right. you know, because there's this stigma around prison about, you know, you're a criminal and you're the worst scum of the earth and, you know, you can't succeed afterwards. You got to go back to the same negativity and the bullshit that got you in prison. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so I want to interview and highlight brothers and sisters like yourself who who dispel that myth, you know? So thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you. Um, just to add to that, I don't, I don't think that anything I do is, uh, abnormal. I just have a, a mission in, in my mind that I want to do better than I did previously, you know, my last efforts and you know, I go about it that way. And, you know, and, and you carry yourself properly, man. You know, so many people that I see who've 
who give, you know, brothers who are formerly incarcerated this bad stigma, you know, because those are the only people they want to interview. They want to interview the people that want to talk about, oh, I was this in jail and I was that and, and always highlighting negativity. So this show is not, we don't want to focus on all the negativity. Yes, we want to get in to the reality of what you went to jail for, you know, all of those realities, but we want to highlight what you've done since you've been out and how you're moving on trajectory of what success looks like and how other brothers and sisters like yourself who come back into society can go on that right track and can do things positively and can be extremely successful. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so with that said, you know, um, a lot of people know your story, but a lot of people don't. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if you're from Harlem, then you know it. You know what I'm saying? It is a household name. Aaron, that's Aaron, that's Aaron. You know, um, tell me about like young Aaron. How was young Aaron? School, like what what was how were you? I was just having this uh conversation with Fab the other day and I was explaining to him, I said, Dang, I was looking at other people, high school yearbook pictures and I, I realized I don't even have a high school yearbook picture. Wow. And why is that? I didn't make it to high school in that in that frame. I mm-hmm. went to high school in visiting mode. Like I, I went there to hang out from time to time. But school was like a a form of thought for me at that point. Um I had my mind set on hustling. <laughs> I probably was out there since I was twelve years old and when I, by the time I got to high school, it was just for fun. And I, I didn't value education to that degree at that time. And I did in a way, and I didn't at the same time. So mm-hmm. just to elaborate on that, I'll just say this. I wanted to graduate, but I didn't want my hustle to be stagnated by the, the, the schedule of school. So I ended up putting school on the back burner to pursue my... I've never heard it put that way. You wanted to hustle. I mean, you wanted to graduate, right. but you didn't want graduation to stagnate the hustle. You didn't want it to interfere with up. the time. So I, you, I was moving up at the time. And so, now, so when did you start a hustle? When did you start? So, I, I gave it a a try. Dude gave me some weed when I was eleven years old. <laughs> Funny story. Um, you know, before I got a chance to sell it, I put it under the bed in my room or whatever. It must have had a smell that. I didn't realize it was a little more potent than I realized at the time. My mom's might have found the joint. It disappeared. I never got confronted. I never got asked why it's in here. It, it just was gone. It just was gone. So I owed dude a little change. He was on my back. Like, I owed him stacks. But his little few hundred, I guess he needed it. So I, I, I was, that was my first loss in life. <laughs> first loss. So you took your first loss with some weed. You don't know where it went, but you know... It was gone. It was gone. I got this too. I had a partner. So uh, he was two years older than me. He didn't have to go to school. I was still in elementary school. He had uh, um, the ability to cut school already. I used to still try to keep up with the school schedule at that point. So he was selling more than me. You know, and quit our little partnership. Made us have a little fist fight. But uh, we ended up being friends again later on. Okay. So you went from weed and then... After the weed, what happened? So after the weed, we uh we we graduate, go to junior high school, and um my cousins and uh my friends, they had this uh morning shift for this guy, or whatever, and I wanted to go. I thought I thought I could 
thought I was a little smarter than them. I thought I was sharper than them. So um, I wanted, I needed money. I, I thought I needed money in my pocket that bad at that time. Um, it was like a, a unspoken request in my household that you produce something. And when you do produce, I was given like a certain amount of rope after that to, to be a grown-up. Mm. At least for a couple of hours, no beatings, no, no, no chastisement, no, no, just no confrontation because I, I, I contributed to the overall welfare of the household and thereby I was deemed important at that time. So it inspired me to try to go out there and get more. So, um, that was the, that was fastest, the motivation. That was the fastest way. And, um, it yielded results every day. So I was, I was into that. So it started out at 12, and then you went to junior high school, and then you you went to the next level of what? It was weed? What was it? Oh, it was the cracks then. It was cracks. Yeah, then. now it's cracks. Um, crack was already fever pitch. Um, it's uh, 91. I got exposure. So the spot was clicking. All I had to do was just sit there and pass them out. You know, they had deuces back then. I don't know if. Deuces. People, people that, that was out yeah, that in the era. You had to be outside to understand. Right. You had to be out in the era. Deuces was a thing. Right. Had the tall bottle, deuces, red cap joints, right? Dudes to give me 2,000 packs at the at the beginning of the, the school day. And I'd be finished by three. Then I'd go about my business. At that point, you just wasn't going to school. I ain't go to school the whole seventh grade year. The whole seventh grade year. That's, so that was like when you was like, all right, this is... This, this is, is clicking. This the block is, is clicking. It's lucrative. It's lucrative. I'm, I'm now I'm being seen as a man in the household. I'm bringing in, and and I I gotta defend my mom. She didn't advise. She didn't bother me. But when the school called and was like, "Yo, you didn't come the whole year," she was upset. So then we had our little beef, and I'm like, "Look, man, you know, can't do this, and make, it ain't both of them ain't gonna happen." Yeah, but I ain't gonna get no beatings though. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm out here. So at that point, ups. you were just like, "I'm grown." Man, ain't nobody I'm gonna grown. beat me. I hear you mad, but it ain't really much nobody gonna I'm telling grown-ups to kind of pipe down. I mean, I got you. Stand over there. And so I couldn't come home and get a beating. I mean, yeah. it, it kind of was an oxymoron to me at that point. So it was it was time to kind of either figure out how to become fully a man or like start listening again. So, you know, I just progressed um as my my little money came in. So did you go to high school at all? Yes. So I was embarrassed because I was an honor roll kid in elementary school. I was mm -hmm. I was honor rolled out. And I don't want to, you know, give the impression I was some arch criminal at, at 12 years old. It wasn't that. It was a it was a a dabbling um of sorts, but it managed to take up that whole school year. I get left back, I'm embarrassed. So That's a feeling. Right, right. I go to school the next year. And um, the assistant principal assured me, like, if if you, you know, apply yourself and come to school, give me the grades you need, I'll skip you. So that was my motivation. I, I didn't want, want to be left behind. So that year, I kind of applied myself, and I, I got back on the ball with school and um, went to high school on time. Get to high school is a whole different energy. Whole different energy. Everybody fly. All them super seniors is already, they in power. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, now I got to keep up again. So I get back out there. And now I'm in the mix. And before long, um, I found myself in little troubles. Uh, 
little robbery there and another one here. And then Judge Judy sent me to DFY. Judge Judy? Judge Judy. Wow. Judge Judy sent you. So you was in DFY at what age? At, so the first robbery uh, charge came at 12 and then the second one at 13, 14, something, something to that effect. And she sent me upstate. At 13. So you was in DFY no, at 14. 14. So at 14, you was in DFY. You came home from DFY at what time? 95, 96. So yeah, I'm com coming into 96. And then I get back. I don't know if I immediately started hustling. Yeah, shit. So I met my father at 15 years old. So you never met your father prior to being 15? I never met my father. Wow. I never met him. Um, so you just was the man of the household. So that's... I had a brother. Much. He you was the a, man. He was the man. Until he left. You know, Until he went he outside. He was outside early. And uh, it got to the point where when he was gone, then it, it transitioned, obviously. But now is my time. And um, I'm getting... I'm coming home from the DFY, what have you. And when I got home, I got presented with a challenge. Either go to high school or, um, you know, get some money. So my father, being as though I met him at 15, he had, like, certain amount of time of back child support to pay back to his situation because the people um, identified him, so he owed the system some back child support. I, I somehow checked the mailbox one day, and um, it was a check for 3000 and there. I get excited. Oh, Hey, Val, uh, let's go cash this check or whatever. And she like, oh, that's my money. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I need this one. You know what I'm saying you got the rest of them, but I, I want to hold on to this one. So I went and took uh, 1500 bought a 62 and then the other 1500 I basically spent in the Nautical store on the 72nd in Columbus. I don't know if you remember that I one. Definitely yeah, remember that. That, was, that, was, that was the spot. I used to go to Martin Luther King, so they I went to King. everybody. You did? Yeah, first I went to Brandeis, came back from DFY, I went to King. And what year? So this is 96-ish. Yeah, so I graduated in 94, so you came Respect, over. respect. You're a little older than me. Yeah. A little bit, a little slower. A little older. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, you went and got your 62, you ain't turned back since. Right, right. I went out there. I kicked their ass, you know what I'm saying? I, my hustle was crazy. I ain't leave the spot, you know what I'm saying? I was out, out, out. And then um, the opportunity to go down south came. So... That September comes. I don't know what, what inspired us going to the fight, but um, we went to see Mike Tyson versus Bruce Seldon fight. Bumping mm -hmm. the Tupac. We had the table. It was a crazy, crazy time in, um, in hip-hop history. But overall, I was a, a big fan of Tupac anyway, so it was a big deal. That trip itself opened my eyes to a lot of what it really looked like when you start doing really good so that was like a commercial of sorts for ambition or, you know, um, just wanting to be bigger than I was at the time. So at that point, when I got back from Vegas, um, you know, sad trip, being as though he got shot or whatever, mm -hmm. I went to Dominican Republic the same week. Rawr, went out there on my, I can't say Frank Lucas dreams because, you know, yeah, yeah right. No disrespect to Duke yeah. or whatever, but... So I went out there with the ambition again, like, all right, we're going to find the people, you know what I'm saying, and get it get it shaking. To Mexico? No, no, we went to DR. DR, my so, fault. My man had a, a guy out there that was a, a good friend Club. of his, and 
he got deported or whatever, so he's still supposed to have knew something about something. And then by the time we get back and that presented itself, and it was on. So what year was this? What year? It's still ninety six. Ninety six. Ninety six. Right. Okay. So that was September. Then going into the the later part of ninety six is was like the blooming stage for me, right? And then ninety seven, I was I was it was on like Donkey Kong. So that was kind of my 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 time right there. So, um, but like everything, I did good. Then I did bad. And I did good again. Then did. That's what the streets right, is. Right. Up and downs. I yeah. tell, you know, I always used to tell people, man, you know, is and everything is up and down. Right. And, and and a lot of times when people glorify the streets and they talk about the streets, they make it seem like it's just, yo, we just got a bunch of money. And so you the, the risks don't really be worth the reward. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't think that now, but when you're young, you just like, oh, you know what I'm saying? You don't think it at that time. You just running around, you just trying to, you see. I've got money. Right. I got girls. I got the clothes. I got everything I want. Right. But then when you realize, you know, when you look back on it, you start saying, damn, this really wasn't worth it. It's like, it's this three, four, five year thing that right. I lost 10, 20. Right. It, it don't really be balancing out. So this was with you as, at 96. You went to DR, right. went, turned it up. Right. So, so what was going on in between that time between like, what was going on from '96 to like 2000? Right. So let's 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 be clear about the facts. At in '96, my main my main desire was to have an impact on my household. That was your main. So so basically, you hustled like out of Jay Z said a desperation. Like we're not gonna be poor. Like I'm not running not gonna around. be poor. It wasn't. And even if we're gonna be poor, we're gonna be poor and comfortable at the, at same, the same time, time. right? Because it's not gonna not be able to eat. Right. That level of who's big time and who's doing okay and who's little dude, like, that's relative at the time. You 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 hustle from where you are, right? It's yeah. some dudes that never get past 125 grams and they feel like they're the shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can't necessarily say that I knew what level I wanted to be on, but I had an idea. I seen the movies. I know mm-hmm. what bricks on bricks look. I, I, I heard of Rich Porter in them. So I I heard the stories. I know what the what the shot supposed to look like from this dude that did a little bit to that dude that did a lot of bit. So, you know, they provided the the blueprint, if you will, and you had to have a appropriate level of audacity at that point to kind of follow in those steps. Um and if you jumped out there in the streets, you you have to know the names. You know the names that that give um you the energy to go forth, the guy fishers and all of these names like that that came before you, and then you want to leave your mark. But more important to me, especially at in Harlem, that that's the Harlem right. thing. Like I notice, you know, a lot of people hustlers in Harlem because it's hustling became famous in Harlem. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like just the the ambiance of what hustling was. Like you right. go to One Fifty Fifth Street. And you see the hustle, and you and you're from the polo right, ground. Right. So you go there and you see cars, you see chains, you right. see all, and that was the thing that the law that that just pulled most of the people from Harlem in right there. It, it made it worse. You going to Willie Burgers, you everybody pulling up in the biggest cars, the biggest chains, right. the 
girls is around their car, you like, nah, it's no way I'm not doing this. Man. It's no way I'm just going to be a kid out here with nothing and this is happening. Right. So that, and that's the thing. You have Rucker Park, you have Rooftop over there, across the street from Rucker Park. It was a gambling spot across the street from that that everybody used to come to. So all of the names from here, Queens dudes, the Brooklyn dudes, that everybody that was getting money from whatever area came to my neighborhood. Now, once again, I'm a little too young to be relevant. However, I'm I'm noticing, I'm watching, I see who's who, I see how they carry themselves, and those examples become your motivation. Those examples become a part of your your psyche and you start mimicking. So I took the necessary steps and I, I took some moves from him and that dude moves look good and I borrowed a little bit from him. And created your own. I created my own, my own. I say that all the time. I say a lot of us, our only vision of success was the drug dealer. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't live next to no doctor. There was no lawyers there. There was none of that. It was just the drug dealer. Right. So he had the girl I wanted. He had the car I wanted. He had it. Everybody respected him. So it's like, yo, that's who I want to be. So, you know, in, in essence, we're pretty much groomed into that because we, you only can be what you see. Right. You know, so you was just basically was a product of your environment. Right. You know, and, and, and the innate nature, especially of man, a strong man, you want to compete and you want to be the best at it. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you involved in anything, I'm going to be the best right. at it. And, and, you know, hustling was like a sport, especially in the nineties, late eighties and nineties, all the way through to like the two thousand. It was a sport. It was a sport. Especially in our area like from Harlem to the Bronx like that was the sport like especially if you went down to Harlem and you was like nah dudes is getting too much money man like I used to go to King niggas was coming to King pockets <laughs> the, the locker room right. was again was like a casino right. you understand what I'm saying the gym was a casino niggas was coming I'm in ninth grade and niggas got five ten thousand dollars in their pocket and I'm right. like how is, it, how right. is this happening? Right. How? You know, so they got mom, moms, North faces. They got every. It's my goal. They going right to the Nordica clothes yeah. store. So you like, you know what I'm saying? If you, it's hard for you to not fall into that law. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then especially when you come from where you ain't got it. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you, we privileged and we had good homes and shit was good for us. You like, nah, I'm just not, not going to have nothing. And, they got all this, and I don't got nothing. It's not like you like I'm doing good, you know. I don't got so you like you start out basically like you said, trying to make sure your home is taken care of, trying right. to do that, and then after that, you like, well, I did that. Now I can, now I can go into the next arena. Right. So you just move up and on. So from '96 in the 2000s, so that that was around. That was when Harlem like hip hop was right. You know what I'm saying? That's when the whole hip hop. So, like affiliations to hip hop. Like, what was A Ron doing in like the hip hop era in, in that era? So, before before the the Harlem hip hop scene, and I'm not speaking the Dougie Freshman era because obviously they That's, had their own importance. Exactly. Kumo D and all of them people. Exactly. And I I was there in Rucker when Rakim did a I ain't no joke. I was in Rucker Park mm. sitting there playing in the park. When they wow. came in, set up the cameras, I'm like, oh, shoot, look at Flavor. <laughs> like, it was a big deal to me yeah. at this time. I'm a kid. I, I loved it. I mean, and um, looking at Rooftop Wall was like my favorite thing. I used to actually go to the park just to stand across the street and look at the wall. It was, it was littered with graffiti. 
um, it had the advertisement of Brucey B and um, mm -hmm. Busy B. So I used to draw off that wall, like just trying to mimic the the letter pattern, and um, it, it was a big deal. So the whole culture always influenced some of our moves and and the things that we aspire to. Um, and, and you know, not to go back again, but that's why I do love the culture because it gave us uh, a sense of imagination, if you will. And the drug dealers, for what it's worth, those were the first guys that showed the kind of heart that that was um, a new feeling for us. We seen housing men. We didn't see doctors and lawyers because that they wasn't in our neighborhoods. We see housing men. We see the the janitor. We see the people that... You know, and, and we respect these men as grown men and um, providers for their family. But the drug dealers gave us a sense of importance. Everything they touch on a daily was affected by their they newfound wealth. Mm. Um, sure, they had the girls and the clothes, but more importantly, if somebody needed something for school, if somebody needed a bill paid, they was giving that to people and not having to think about you know, the, the expenditure, it was nothing, especially with the the rate of um, inflation at that time. And it was it was a low expenditure for them to have a big impact on your house, providing your mom just got a eviction note that month and somebody gave her $300. It was still a big deal. Mm -hmm. So, all right, back to moving forward. These, these um, efforts on their behalf became some of the things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be impactful on the people that I loved. So I wanted to make sure that if they need it, I had it. And I didn't really see that, you know, going to get a, 90, a nine to five job. I never had a job in my life, so not a traditional job. So um, it never was a part of my psyche. I always felt like I would have to go outside and get it. So, so wow. So, and, and that's what I say all the time, you know, the, the mind state that came with the 90s and 80s era of hustling it wasn't about negativity and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't criminology to us right, right. it was survival right it was i want to do good for my community like we wasn't we didn't hustle just to floss on each other and say i got more than you most of the drug dealers and the hustlers you know, we're, we're taking care of the community. Like, you could go, they was paying rent, like, kids, they was, like, I remember drug dealers in my hood, when I was playing basketball early, they was paying for me to go to camps. They was buying me sneakers. They was like, nah, we don't want you in the streets. You know, they was doing all the black parties, right. giving out all the stuff. So there was, like, this Robin Hood sense. You right. know what I'm saying? We wanted, all of us wanted to be the person in the hood that took care of the hood and was the person right. that you can come to, you know, because we didn't, we didn't want nobody suffering. Right. You know, so it was a different mind state. You know what I'm saying? And although we realized we was doing wrong, you know what I'm saying, we felt like we was doing wrong for the right reasons. You know, and it wasn't it wasn't just we trying to hurt, we just want to do negative shit. No, nah, it was I'm not trying to be broke. I, I know these young kids ain't trying to be broke. I want to make sure everybody in this community got something. And if I got something, then they got something. Right. I want to be the person that I know that they can come to and get something from, you know, and that's still, and, and a lot of people don't understand it's not criminal me mentality, right? Cause I still, 
I still base a lot of the principles that I live off of the streets. You know what I'm saying? It's not the crime. It's, it's integrity. Right. Right. It's levels of integrity. So they like, yo, you can't be gangster but woke. And I'm like, why? Because the gang, the principles of what I call gangster is manhood, protecting women. Right. You know, make sure that the children are safe. All of these principles that I got from the streets that I didn't learn from nowhere else. Nobody, I didn't have no, you know, no school of, you know, that they taught you how to be a boy and all that. I learned what I learned from the streets and I apply that now as a civilian, as a, uh, as somebody who's not in it. And I apply all of those things and those things make me greater in every aspect right. of life that I live now. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm listening to you, we all had the same things. We all had the same mentalities, right. you know, and, and we was never just, and that's what, I, that's what I want to like try to dispel. A lot, a lot of people who commit crime is not criminals. Right. You know what I'm saying? You 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 trying to some people that just enjoy committing crime. They like, yo, I right. want to do negative shit. That's just who I am. But it's a lot of us that was like, yo, I'm not going to be broke. See, I'm confused about the mission of today's uh youngers uh but before I I could speak on them because I didn't even answer the question on with the 96 era yes. meant to me that but let's not take for granted the the mob era either. That that model led to the Rich Porters and them. And I mean, let's even to the Nicky Bonds and them of that era, they were direct uh, beneficiaries of that model that they set. Mm -hmm. And then that one trickled down to the riches in them. Then it trickled down to us and then so on and so forth. But as it kept going, one was to level the playing field of the have and the have nots. The next one became oh, it's our time we going for broke and we're going to try to change the whole dynamics of the culture. At that point... We since, don't know nothing else. Right. Since these drugs is like newly introduced to the community, I, I'm and, and I don't want to speak in factual terms because one, I was too young, right? Mm -hmm. But I just want to give my, my opinion of it is when these guys came out with the idea of let's gather all of these uh, resources and monies to buy the community and pay for this and make sure we good and make sure they good. The end result that the powers that be didn't care that happened to the community. Mm -hmm. I don't think they seen it going that far at the beginning it. of it. Mm -hmm. By the time it got to us and it was just a matter of, I was already fucked up. We can't do nothing to make it worse or better. Mm -hmm. Just get what you can and try to do good from there. So it still was an objective to kind of do good from bad. Now it's more of a attention seeking thing and more of a, I just want to look good. But I guess we all get lost in that, in that uh, journey because we all ended up buying shit we didn't need. Mm -hmm. We all ended up with a chain or two that wasn't necessary or a car that, that had nothing to do with the overall objective. So we all get blinded by, you know, um, our greed and we get lost. That 96 to 2000 era, it was a exciting time. You're kids, mm -hmm. you want to be a kid. You want to have fun. You see the, the young rappers that, you know, might be a little seasoned now, but at that time when the big L's and, and digging in the crates in the Bronx and all of these guys were, still young enough to have a direct impact on on 
how our youth was um, fueled by the music and stuff. It was fire. It was great. I, I loved every second of it. Um, Jay-Z and them came, Nas, and they was killing Wu-Tang. It, it created this energy that you can make it. You got fun. It could be a glorious time, and I was all for it. I was outside every day, all day. Nobody went home, I don't think, but not that I was a, a person that enjoyed hanging outside, but I was a person that enjoyed the energy of the era. So um, I was on the road a lot down south, hustling. Every every town I went to, um, I tried to make my impression felt. I, I wanted to constantly get to the levels that I wanted to be at. But um, that that era in itself was was special because it gave true beginnings of wealth to people that didn't get a chance to have it no other way. Um, kids that wouldn't have made it with a nine to five, but they end up benefiting off the jerkery that happened to the first wave of rappers. Mm -hmm. So it was new money. Then street dudes was in competition with them. They was in competition with us. And it just was a, a hell of a time, like witnessing it all that, if you was there, if you was present at that time. I was, because I was, that was kind of like the era where I got into it. You right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I was a, a big, big L fan. You know right. what I'm saying? I remember just listening to Big L on Stress and Papito. Like, yo, this is probably the best rapper ever. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I had his, him and Jay-Z's freestyle. Like, that was, that was the motto for me. Like, I listened to that shit so much. I used to be like. Right. I gotta I like these like I I'd never forget that that freestyle. Like I used to listen to it all the time, my little cassette tape. Right. And I taped it and shit shit popped and then I taped it back together with the the nail polish and all of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was that era. Man. You know what I'm saying? That was that era of music. So you and you was shining like in that era when when especially when New York and Harlem hip hop was shining. Right. You know what I'm saying? What was like so Big L, you know Big L? Yes. So what was like your relationship with L? L is, uh, man, that was a good guy. L was funny. L was talented. L was, L was he was a leader. Mm -hmm. um, and, and how many people benefited off L's example? He kind of opened the door. Of course, you have to have your own level of talent. You have to have your own drive. But um, L's present led people to say, fuck that, I'm ready too. So all of the dope rhymes Mace came up with, all of the fire Shakam came up with, was a direct result of, of L, L being L at the right time. And Nas, right? So they both got the Columbia deal. I'm in junior high school, they got the Columbia deal. Even though that wasn't a time where I should have been noticing what was going on, it was, it was big news to the neighborhood. Like, oh, they got the deals. And we like, damn, that's dope. You know what I'm saying so everybody kind of wanted to rhyme, right? <laughs> you was right, you was rhyme, man. I was shy, but you used to write a couple. I rhyme. You got bars. I had bars, bars. So nah, I, I definitely um, it's somebody out there that with a recording a of my squeaky voice <laughs> on it. Yeah, say somebody, hey, somebody I had, got. I gotta one. see this. I hey. promise, is somebody room is a tape. Somewhere. You're supposed to be one of the children of the corn. I man. promise you, I'm so happy the tape players are gone, gone so they could never get never this. Right? You know what I'm saying? So 
I, I definitely enjoyed the, the the art form, man. I was crazy in graffiti. I thought music was the shit, but I hustled. Mm-hmm. I hustled that more was, than I had the the, the desire to sit in the studio. I promise you, I hustled all day. Like I, I didn't. I, I probably would have still been laughing at a, a nigga that was rapping because that's when the, the money was transitioning. Mm-hmm. The street money still was better than the rapper money at that time. It was. It was. And before the street, the the rappers wanted to be like the hustlers, right? The the superstars didn't make it, make it yet. Biggie and them just started, right? Mm-hmm. But then Biggie died early, right? So mm-hmm. to that, to that, in trust, everybody had aspirations to look as good as Rakim or Kuji Rap. Like I'm not, I'm not downplaying how good they looked oh, when no, the, when the lights were on, but. We wasn't impressed. It was it was a level of money. Like, right. When you you hear the rapper, you hear Big LL and them talk about man. Right. The street dudes had the money. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was talking to Tone, he's like, man, we was coming through helicopters. Right. And, and L and them wanted to be around. Like they all of the rappers wanted to be around right. us. We had real real money. Me being stuck on them corners, I watched all of that. I promise you, man. Um, it was it was a it was a hell of a sight because these were young men. Teenagers coming out of teenage years into young adulthood, mm-hmm. and they they had the glow of of youth. They had the audacity of I don't give a fuck. But more importantly, nobody knew they worth yet. You didn't know you wasn't supposed to die in your twenties. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that at the end of all of this drug dealing is going to be a a litter of people destroyed, a community that once we're standing strong, it's going to be a burnt-out shell of a building. Now, some of that was aimed. Some of it was, uh, you know, the the people that was higher than us wanting the, build- the buildings to be burnt down for gentrification purposes that we couldn't see yet. We don't we don't know what we don't know, right? But our contribution to the, to the, to the destruction of the community can't be discounted. So, but at the time when they first came out, man, I tell you, like, these were stars in the making because these guys embody all of the characteristics that we love in leaders. And they were tough. They were handsome. They were, they were fly. And, and that inspired, that inspired so many people. Right. And it gave so much content for music. Right. <laughs> so everybody had to have this story of who did what, when, yeah. and how it felt when he did this. And, when that nigga shot such and such, what happened next? So me standing there all day on these street corners, I got a chance to witness. I don't want to say my level of participation in those things sometimes, but, but you was a, I was, was there. Hashtag I was there. Yeah, I was there. So I remember, so when I'm sitting here thinking about L, like L was that, he was the man. Like L was one of my favorite rappers. So I remember freestyling with L. I remember mm-hmm. Mace brought me to 40th. Right. And I got out and me and L was rapping and he was like, yo, this nigga can rap. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then Primo talks about it all the time. We was in Forest Projects and it was me, him, Party Artie, AG, um, Show was there, um, I think Fat Joe was there, Diamond D. It was a bunch of us just out in Forest. Right. And we had one of the best ciphers and Primo loved He's like, yo, it was you, L, and Party Artie. I was just going in. Right. God bless the dead party. God bless the dead L. But so, right. When L passed away, like, how was that? In First of all, that that was a sad time. Um, L was such a 
if improv was 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 a real thing for a rapper, he was the improv king, right? He was he was a comedian without being paid for it. Mm. So a girl come up one day, she said, Oh, I ain't impressed by none of y'all. I only mess with a dude if he got eight inch eight inches or better. He said, eight inches. Shorty, I ain't cutting my dick for nobody. <laughs> so Ella so make you laugh by accident. Like he's he's gonna he knock a dude out one day. Who? So he like, yeah, I'm gonna start shooting next. next. His brother said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You gotta stab somebody first. <laughs> you, like, you can't just skip just over the over. Yeah, like you can't just run around shooting people. Like, so even though some of this stuff is, was crazy, once again, it was destructive. It was, it was young. It and was reckless. hilarious in real time because we identified with with what we thought was tough, right? What we what we what we laughed at probably wasn't funny. At, do you look at it in retrospect? But at that time, it was hilarious because it was meant to be a joke. Mm -hmm. And even if nobody wanted Ella be violent, everybody wanted Ella express his art. Nobody wanted him to be in the streets and do stuff. Now, if the street life ended up touching L by proximity, then that that that's the that's the sad part, right? Because his art helped him helped him escape. Then right. the proximity of the hood gets back on you and you could die from it. And and nobody foresees that kind of outcome when he's not a bad person in totality. So you look at the Ben of L, he's a rapper. He's he 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 said his rhymes, he hung out with girls, he liked to gamble, he wanted to party, he'd make you laugh all day, and then you can make one little mistake and you'd be dead. And and that and that's the part people can't foresee about the street life that if I could tell anybody, yo, man, you might want to reconsider that lifestyle because even though that dude is tough enough to go to jail and that dude right there is tough enough to kill, if he do this this kind of lifestyle, the end result to his his journey is going to be death or jail. And we didn't, what does that mean? Yeah, we didn't even foresee that that might mean That's something it. to the four kids he had. Mm. It might mean a lot. His absence might mean so much to those four kids that's left behind that we would beg him not to go on that journey. But we didn't we didn't know we was that valuable yet. We was too young to know we was that valuable. That's crazy. And, and it's real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why when I'm having conversations with kids, I talk to them like me and you talking. Like right. the same way we talking, because we've been through a lot of shit. Right. So I'm not, I'm not sitting there like, don't do this, young I'm like, listen, I know what you, I know exactly what you're thinking. Right. Because I was young at that. I wanted this. I wanted that. But this is the reality that comes. Right. So now if you're willing to, because understanding sharks in the water. Now, if you want to jump in there, I'm advising you not to. Right. But just understand when you jump in there, you're going to have to deal with those sharks. You know what I'm saying? And I'm having real conversations with them. I'm not talking from where I am now. I'm talking to you from where I was when you was. Because I, when I have conversations with them, I'd be like, yeah, what would somebody have had to say to me when I was 15 to, to change my mind state? Because at 15, 16, I'm like, man, you, y'all old niggas don't know what y'all talking about. I know, like, we outside, y'all ain't even. So yeah. I'm like, how would you have had to approach me for me to even pay attention to you? First, you got to look away. Right. First, I got to feel like, you know what I'm saying? You look like some, all right. And then if you got a level of respect around, I'm going to give you a little bit of air. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to talk to me like you understand what's going on. You can't mm. come from me from a hierarchy. You can't come to me like you talking down to me, like you know more than me. Nah, right. I don't know. I'm asking you questions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, that's how I talk to the youth now. Yo, so what you think is going to happen? So what's, tell me what your plan is. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So Because when you start hearing your plan and the shit don't make sense to you, then you start reconsidering. I don't got to tell you something. Right. I just want to ask you. And as you start answering your own questions, you start coming up with your own solutions. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's that's the way that I deal with them now. You know, yeah. But as for you, from 12 right. to 26, you didn't do like real major time, none of that in between. So remember, Let's, I did the juvenile. Did juvenile Went through DFI. the Spoffer joint. They showed me all kind of love. So how long a, you was in there? Oh, uh, you know, it's like a... Spofford is a holding place. It's, a holding it's not place. A meant to do a bid. So my 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 process of uh it was everything was like a fake trial in juvenile court. So the dude came and said, I told the kids to rob him and that was it. He he, he sent me up there. So I didn't. The, the funny part about these You didn't even do this. Man. That's what they they always get you for the shit you don't do. Man, both. Of the little juvenile, the first one is I'm at school. I'm just minding my business, but I hung with all of the kids that, that do the negative shit. Man, all I wish them. I could say y'all names. Y'all was bad kids, and I promise you, I should tell your name. <laughs> nah, yeah, nah, nah, not on this show. Nah, nah, never. Nah, 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 you know that. You know better than I just did my time, y'all. Don't do that. So no, but um, I hung with all the kids that was terrible, right? So once again, these kids don't know. What's they cause? They think that they following a pattern of people that they thought was real dudes. Mm -hmm. We had this concept of what little gangsters supposed to do, and thereby they was following that mode. Um, so they run around robbing kids at the lunchtime, and I'm not saying I never. So this is why but you I, just was, didn't do it this right. Time. It was exactly. so easy I get to it. blame me Trust because. Me. Because right, you've this, been with the bullshit before, right. but you wasn't with the bullshit on this day. This particular day, I'm standing across the street. They run up on a kid. I don't have nothing to do they with like, it. They know, I know he be with them. He definitely. They came in my classroom and said, it's on you. I said, really, wow. man? All right, it's cool. karma because you done got away with a couple. So right. That's how, that's how I always. The next one, we're in my hood. Dude come in the hood. My man like, yo. I have to get him. I'm like, don't do that. Get him. Don't do that. He robs dude. Dude, he ends up hitting dude upside his head. Dude come out from his stupor, try to come to me. I got a two-piece and pop poof just to get him off me. Like, why are you grabbing me, family? Like, talk to me. Next thing you know, the police at my mother's door. She like, Sounds look at familiar. you. Right. So, um, once again, that proximity to stupidity could, could affect your life. Yep. And, um, you know, they they asked me who did it. I'm like, what? Come on. I'm, I'm playing a lot. Right. Yeah, so, right. right. So they send me up there and that's, that's the end of that story. But um, I think it's a, a big thing to know. And that's why you got to watch your company. But more importantly, um, you got to know why you outside. So if we had the guys that, and sure, we had everybody say, yo, yo, sure, you know it's death or jail at the end of this. Heard that before. Yeah. 
what we never had in, in abundance was the alternatives or the why the risk is worth it until you get this building. Mm. And you can't deviate from this mission of getting the building before you start buying dumb ass shit to mm. put your life in jeopardy. So, and that's what the mob dudes did in, in, in successful ways. They got the yeah, garbage they got route. the garbage. They, they got the construction. They put their kids through college. They all lawyers and this and that. They, law- they different. They, 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 changed, right, they, they changed the trajectory of their whole, <laughs> you know, their whole bloodline. That wasn't meant for us. So we followed. Amer- the thing is, we talk about crime and all these things. America is built on crime. Every every aspect of America, if you look if you look throughout history, they colonized, they took this, they did this, they built that, and then they they called whatever they wanted, okay, this is legal. We're gonna do it this way. It's legal for us, even though you might not like it, but we're gonna make it legal because it fits it fits what it fits we, the our format agenda. that we our agenda. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what happened in the hood. We didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? We had lemons and we made lemonade. And you know what I'm saying? So we, we had to say, I tell people all the time, you you mad at the drug deal, but you ain't mad at the pharmacy. Right. You ain't mad at CVS. You right. ain't mad at pharma. You that that's where the drugs come from. Yeah. You married the little dude on the corner that's trying to figure out how he's gonna sell his food, but the nigga that's making billions of dollars right. that's selling the same exact shit that you talking about, we the, the the worst people in the world for, you're not saying nothing about right. it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, just understanding that. We just tried to figure out America, how we was going to get a piece of the pie, how we was mm-hmm. going to get a piece of the American dream. And as we grew, we realized that it wasn't designed for us. It wasn't designed It was for never us. designed for us to get that. And, and not that way. Somebody so we, had to be the fall guy. Somebody had to be the fall guy. You know, so we, we, we learned and we evolved our way of thinking. There's so much either or over glorification of the wrong shit mm-hmm. or villainizing the right shit. Right, because at the end of the day, you you're punishing or you're mad at individuals who figured out a way out of nothing. They picked up sand and said, "Yo, nigga, we gonna make this shit into bricks somehow." Right, and you mad at them because they didn't do it the conventional way or they didn't do it the legal way because there was there was no way to do it the legal way. Right, the way they get, it. they had to figure out we gonna put this shit this way. They saying we can't get no fire from over here. We gotta go steal some fire. We gotta do this shit, but we gotta build us a house. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can't get mad at a nigga that's saying, I want a house like everybody else got a house. I don't want to be out in the cold. I don't want to be freezing. Right. So they get villainized. Oh, y'all sold drugs and y'all, y'all yeah. killed the era. And at the end of the day, they the motivation and the hustle, because a lot of people took the same hustle that Jay had, and it wasn't just streets. It was niggas that went into the boardrooms and niggas that went into the, you know, to corporate and had the mind state that Jay had, like, listen, y'all not jerking me. We're going to get this money. We're going to do this. So the, That the, was gangster. Exactly. You needed that. You needed, you needed that a inspiration. Yeah, you needed a Jay-Z you Dane. You needed all bitch. of these, this inspiration. So You needed a Diddy. You needed all, you everyone needed all played their part. You know what I'm saying? So I, w- I want to dispel myths. Like, you're not going, you're not going to just pigeonhole, you know, people who have done illegal things to being criminals and negative. no. Yes, the the acts have been wrong. We right our wrongs. We realize right. if we had better situations, if we if we knew better, we probably would have did way better. Right. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, this is what we were given. We gotta take into consideration. Initially, it was a party drug. This was a 
an a introduction to a good time for people that ended up a bad time. Mm-hmm. So when when all of this money is being generated, nobody sees the end result. Sure, it was propaganda to say don't do this because it's leading to this. Just like it's propaganda to say we should help the people on fentanyl now, right? So that 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 new level of concern that that's hitting society. It wasn't there before. Right. It Not for rehabilitation. No, because it wasn't even a reality that we understand. Because it was solely with. on us. Now, this new drug is being given out by the powers that be, thereby it got to be an accident that this is happening. So for us, it was... You're trying to kill they, everybody. They, they, arch, they arch criminals and they need to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And even our leaders fell into that, you know, um, frame of reference. Like, yeah, kill them all. Kill like, them all. Put them that, in jail. And, and it was and it was a... It was a Direct attack right. on our communities. And I seen um an interview that Rangel did and they 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 voiced their opinion like it was a good idea at the time. We thought it was the best yeah. approach to, you know, what we thought um the epidemic of the the moment should be handled. Because that's what because that's what they were being taught, right? Because right. the generation prior to that that never seen that. They just wanted the streets clean. They right. was like people, these people ODing this and that. They need to go to jail. Right. You know what I'm saying? As you, you get older, you don't want you're a civilian, you're a citizen, you're paying right. your taxes. You don't want to walk in your hallway and see none of this shit. You just trying to figure out what y'all need to do. To, my grandmother was saying, send them all to jail. Like everybody need to go to jail. You young, <laughs> you young dudes now scare me. Yeah, and I'll be like exactly, yo. Shit, I don't know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? If y'all I ain't know no better, I'll probably be up there like this. I don't know. I think some of these guys need to go to. Like, I hear like, it all the time, right. but I'm watching dudes our age say that. Like, yo, you, you, you. I'm like, nah, I, I don't want. But I can't do that. I They're can't byproduct of me. They're byproduct. So our goal is to try to to redirect them. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We all can't help but wonder what awaits us around the next corner. What new roads are left to be discovered? What adventures lie just over the next ridge? Push beyond your current limits and find out. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. Where the road leads you and even where the off-road makes a way to. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Whether the adventure is about the destination 
destination, the journey itself, or both. Your SUV will match your tenacity mile after mile. And no matter how far you wander, you'll remain tethered to home without the need to connect to your phone. Along with Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Every one of Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. The world is waiting to be discovered. What are you waiting for? Learn more at NissanUSA.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. That's how we own it! What happened at ultimately got you locked up me um so what happens is if you become a person that manages to make money that's when it get interesting life get harder everybody's gonna look to you for guidance could be your oldest Oldest. the oldest member of your family calling you big homie yo big homie (laughs) got emergency and that mer- emergency becomes your yeah, emergency. emergency. You start to believe that you were sent here to be this kind of sacrifice. Mm. You 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 give yourself permission to be the sacrifice. So now, even if you had intent on doing good, being everybody's go-to becomes your, your main priority. Because, one, you don't know your self-worth. That part is so key to knowing what you're supposed to be saying yes to and what you are supposed to be saying no to. If a request of me came and it was so strong that I had to consider it, I would then make a, a consideration to do wrong again to make sure that go right for them. So they need they, they money for their business. and This one need money for college. And, and I'm going to be like, well, 
you're supposed to be in college and you're supposed to have a business and I was supposed to die because I already made these decisions. And just like that, you could be that close to transitioning and take a step back and and try to do something again that might be a, a, detri- a detriment to your, your, your good health and well-being. Describe the like the day you went to jail. Like what happened? What All right. So first I went to jail. Funny, well, not funny. Not, not, nothing's funny. Nothing's funny. Nothing's funny. So I get a phone call. We just finished up some bundles. My man, um, his people wasn't around. So I didn't really play with Ron that much. But in this particular occasion, uh, my man ain't have nothing. And he asked me to make a phone call. I made a phone call and got some shit for him. Cool. Give me the little change. I breeze off, go go to my block, chilling. I get a, a distress call, like, yo, man, these dudes is uh circling the block, whatever. I'm like, oh yeah. All right. Let me um let me double back and get the joint real quick. Jump in the car, cruising down to his block. I see this girl that, you know, uh she used to be at an apartment that I if all goes wrong that day, I might run in this apartment if if I just so happen to do something that's Beyond my normal action, right? So cool. Jump out the car and um I'm telling her, yo, I have this door open in case I come back over here in a hurry. You know, I ain't explaining to her why the door need to be open, but I might need to shoot up here. As I'm speaking to her, DTs is running at me. I'm like, oh, before long, I I kind of brushed one so hard that he he fell. Everyone jumped on me. They jumped me, grabbed the gun like they knew it was there. I don't know how they was that good. But they grabbed the gun like, oh, he got the gun. So they they took the gun or whatever. I got locked up. No problem. I wasn't that you know, heavy or nothing to really be fighting no three niggas. Mm-hmm. So whatever. So I get locked up with the gun. And um, my man gets shot. So the dude that I was going to save, he, I didn't go save him. He ends up getting shot. He ends up getting shot. Three times, and he lived, but he got shot. And I, I get out. I go back to get my property, and uh, the detectives come like, yo, we saved your life, man. I'm like, really? How so? Like, yo, we know where you was going. I'm like, really? Where, where, where was I going? Oh, you was going to see dude. I'm like, yeah. Nah. Like, yeah. Say, now think about it this way. You could have made it there shot somebody, killed somebody, and we would have had to catch you. Or you could have got shot with him and possibly died. Mm. You don't never view things in that in, in that, that reality. Right. And just the plain common sense of it. Because right. when you in it, shit, we don't deal with common sense. It right. don't really be that common sometimes. It don't be that common. And, and even if it's that plain, it's you just not real. It. It's not realistic. It's not real. Only thing is real is what you said you could do. No matter how I shape whether or not, you know, um, I meant good to save my man, a problem happened because of our chosen lifestyle. It mm-hmm. raised the probability of us getting hurt or our lives being uh, effectively destroyed as a, a byproduct of our decision-making. You got out with the, came home, the police said, told you they pretty much saved your life. That's on bail. Out on bail. Right, that's on bail. And um, crazy, I had the fast, fastest process to go back to jail that you could think of. 
So I'm trying to prolong it as long as possible. But they like, man, we want to go straight to trial. So, you know, dudes be on bail for like a year or two. Mine's like four months. <laughs> like, yo, I don't want to go to trial. Yeah, I want to wait. So I get the trying to um, get extensions. They, nah, nah, nah. So I get in there and um, I lose. I, I go to trial uh, for attempt to use in a possession. I beat the attempt to use, lose to the possession. Judge is telling my lawyer, he's like, oh, he need to go home and get his family affairs. And like, no, he's going to jail today. And this is a this is a result of the the detective saying that you know I I really intended on using the gun. They think they know me, you know, uh, yada yada yada. And I'm like, tell my lawyer like, well, that's grounds for appeal, Yana. They said he said, well, appeal it, but he'll be in jail in the meantime. I say, Shh, don't even worry about it. Let me go and finish this thing up. So I end up getting a two flat after I beat the attempt to use. So I get a two flat. Come home a little early for a work release. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I have to make a decision on what's going to happen with the rest of my life. Now, right now, I get home, I have every intent on being a janitor. Like, I'm I'm not going to be a janitor, but I know I don't want I don't know what job I'm going to get. I don't know what I'm going to be. That ain't in the streets. I'm not going in the streets. It's quiet for the streets. I'm cool. Slow skid, skid bid was cool. Now, my jail stay smoother than ice. Like, I ain't have, I ain't have, I had a half a fight through argument. Like, I ain't really have to throw no blows. Worked out, chill, read my books. Stayed out the way. Like, you know, trouble finds you when you look for it, right? So, um, I ain't do nothing super flamboyant in there. I just was, I was just chuck chill out. So, uh, get out. I'm like, all right, my, my main thing is to stay Stay super positive. You know, I'm going to go get a job and start a new life. When I got my daughter to consider, I left her for a little while. And that was a no-no for me because in my book, a good father is there to be a father, right? A good father, anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to be a good father. I wanted to be dad. I wanted to be um, all of the positive attributes that come with fatherhood. I let my friends that I love, because I love, I, man, some of my friends I love more than my family members. And and now, I'm, I mean, no disrespect to my family members. But it's just a different, it's different. It's a different bond that you 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 share with some of these guys that, that allow you to make decisions that might be counterproductive to your overall benefit. And um, not, not naming... But that show, I named name on there about who talked me into it. But I think I, I think I did anyway. It was legit though, mm-hmm. statute of limitations stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's legit. <laughs> so like, respect. Um, so my man, he said, "Yo, hey, we gotta you know get get back into it for a second. You know what I'm saying just do something." So I, after a while, I succumbed to the pressure. One out of. Uh, what I what I felt like was obligation to my friendships, and then two, I could have used the extra money, right? But uh, I make the decision to go back. I go back, and then from our few joints, we start doing too many joints. We had you know so many sales that we ain't never even have enough joints. So it's getting a lot, but 
it wasn't even. It wasn't even enough to. It wasn't even supply. enough. I, I, the supply didn't even match the de- demand. Right. Was way bigger than the supply. The demand was always bigger than the supply, and um, it, it we made a lot of money in a short period of time, but. When I came home from jail, I was already under investigation, basically, because some dudes in the Bronx, no disrespect to the Bronx. Nah, 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 nah. nah no disrespect to the whole now. No disrespect no to the disrespect Bronx. All right, me. come on now. Work with me. Mm-hmm. So, nah, some dudes in the Bronx, uh, they found themselves in a in a, in a um, jam, and they put my name in there. I know a dude named Aaron. He only sell keys. That was the tagline in my paperwork. Like, Aaron only sell keys. And the investigation started from there. So initially, I wasn't even doing shit by the time they was looking to get me on something. Then I started. And then when 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 it heated up and they got all of this extra surveillance going from bugs in my car to just following me everywhere, I was already quit. <laughs> so it was like I, I was under investigation before I started. Then I quit before they got all of the... the technology involved to, to kind of wrap the case up. So um, in that time frame, I just, I went as hard as I could because now my mind state was, all right, I'm going to do this last favor for my friends or my, my brothers, if you will, and I'm going to make enough money to actually do some of the plans that I had in mind all along. And that was, that was my you know objective. And then... They got you. Then they got me. When I get locked up, they they came right at me like, yo, uh, Aaron, we know you you was hitting everybody with work and um you're in a lot of trouble, man. And uh you need to go ahead and cooperate, right? You know, that big C Same word man. immediately, right? So I'm like, you know, I don't I don't even know what you're talking about. Like that shit, that's not for me. Cool. Get inside. They they uh they come back again like look man let's have me and ain't no me you know what I'm saying I don't got nothing nothing for you guys. All in all, uh, the 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 discovery comes. I look at the discovery is a bunch of phone calls, forty thousand phone calls. It's it's a bunch of evidence, but I'm like, where's mine? Yeah. Like I see a lot of evidence, but I want where's where's, where's the, the shit, shit that, that said I did something? Phone call, or drugs on, ain't no drugs on the table, ain't no money on the table, it's nothing. I'm like, oh, nah, ain't no way I'm taking those 20 years that they offering me. Like, ain't no way. So I'm like, yo, man, I'm going to trial. So, hey, the next thing was, yo, he bugged out. Like, yo, you know when them people get you, they got, they got you. you. And I, I'm, I'm in agreement to an extent because let's, I've, I've started businesses at that point. I had some group homes down south. Invested in a couple of other people' businesses. I had some things that was positive that that could speak for me, and um, I was using Burt Bedell as, as as my you know accountant. So good old head, right? He was he was sharp with his stuff. Um, so I wasn't that nervous, but what happened was I I spoke to my lawyer candidly, and I'm like, I know what's gonna happen. You know, I'm a young black kid and. This is gonna look like a young black nigga selling drugs. Like this is gonna be the the push of the the whole narrative. Right. You got so many people hanging around me that were selling drugs. It's not gonna be that easy to say I was not. number ten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and more importantly, they made me the light, the leader of these guys. So I'm the head of the case, 
And my lawyer like, look, you you got property and money in the bank and they don't or not enough of or, you know, I can't speak to what they had. And I don't know to that extent, but. It just doesn't seem like. it, Right. He like, seems yo, like it seems, right. It was not enough businesses and enough things speaking for this whole picture to allow you to get out of it unscathed. And I'm like, no, nah, that makes sense to me. And I'm willing to take the time, just not what they offering because it don't make sense to what, what's on the table versus what they want to give me. So I was willing to go to trial because I wasn't going to sign my name to a paper to ask for 20 years for not 20 years worth of evidence. Mm-hmm. So my decision to go to trial was like, man, fuck that. I'm, I'm with it. Like, we just, they got the, I'm at the blow boss, and um, they send me in there screaming based on the, uh, the extra five I might have got or the extra 10, but I wasn't going to sign a 20 and just be sitting. I would still have been in there. <laughs> I would have been chilling. I, I probably would have just been getting out now. I would have been getting out now. So um, at the end of the day, uh, we got three days from trial, and the journey in there was the same difference. Um, even though it was a pre-trial situation, you know, it was a lot of uh, people that that liked me, you know what I'm saying? I bumped into a lot of people I know. I had a few co-defendants in the building, and, and it was a smooth situation. We all just had to focus on our case, gather all of the um, evidence we could to fight the case um, accordingly. Now, after the cop-out, I go to, to the prison. Oh, so three days before trial, they come with the offer. Hey, man, tell your client... 151 to 188. He don't argue down. We won't argue up. Let the judge do what the judge going to do. The guidelines became advisory. So in the federal system, it was a time where you got sentenced according to your guidelines. So meaning if you got the, the mandatory minimum of 10 years and, excuse me, and your guidelines came back to 168 to 210, that would be like, Basically, you're going to be landing on 15 years or better. And I landed on that, like, at a point. And I'm like, so you saying if I cop out, right, and the judge give me 200 months, I'm stuck with that. He like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, now nah, I'm cool on that. Mom, we're going to still go. <laughs> I mean, I ain't taking that. Three days before trial, it came with that 151 to 188. I'm like, well, shoot, 12 and a half years. I got three in already. That shit easy. Like, this, this. I'll knock this over, even though when they read the the months off in in, in the courtroom, my mother and them in there like, what, what what's that? <laughs> what, 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 what what's one thirty? Yeah, yeah, like, so I'm like, yeah. So the judge, like, yeah, you don't deserve one fifty one. I'm gonna break it down to one thirty one. She didn't say shit, but I'm gonna break it down to one thirty one. And you know, I I recommend you get the drug program because I don't let them know I sniff coke and smoke weed and. Even though I'd never been high in my life, mm-hmm. that was the, best part the of that the, was the yeah. best part of the you know how to get out a little early via drug program, and um, that was it. That was my journey, um, and I, I got in the system. So when you got in the system, right? Yeah, you know, you already been trying to transition out of the game. Right. So when you got in the system, you had 131 months right. to sit down. And what was that time like for you? Like, what did you do with your mind? What did you prepare yourself? What did you say to yourself? What What was your process? It's like being outside, right? Except nobody's going nowhere. So that level of camaraderie, it kind of intensifies because 
to the same person every day. Every single day. Every day. It's not no days that you, you have miss. to share your your ups, your downs, your aspirations, your 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 failures, your weaknesses. You sharing it with these people constantly. The ones you 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 attract to, the ones that you you form a common bond with. My journey started off in the law library. So a guy that was very intelligent bumps into me early on during my my process. He was fighting a, a A48 case. I didn't have an A48 case. I had an A41B1A, and that's a five a kilo um, or more conspiracy. But initially, I was charged with 150 kilos or more. But by the time I copped out, I copped out to a flat 50 keys. The dude is uh, on his case every day. He's transcribing all the phone calls. He's reading through all of these uh, affidavits made by the U.S. attorney that could dispel some kind of mistake on when they apply for this application or this, that, and the third. So I'm going through the same process he's going through in real time. All of my pre-trial time was based on trying to get out. Yo, I ain't do this. I ain't had nothing to do with this. I look at, yo, it's eight different people selling the drugs. It ain't even me. Oh, they bugging. Like, I, I'm going through the whole, which was true. Mm-hmm. But in order to argue all of these facts, you one, you're going to have to be in trial. Two, you have to be able to defend yourself without hurting anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's so many things that, that come into play while trying to keep it real, right? So at some point, um, my my best friend got subpoenaed and my lawyer office got subpoenaed because uh I they gave me the job when I got on work release and I I they following me, they like when you went to the office. So it's like they somebody gotta answer some of these questions. Mm-hmm. So uh I didn't want to put nobody through these these things, these changes and over my my stupidity. So um that being said. When I took the cop out, I, I felt relieved that it would alleviate them from um, any further scrutiny, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, my process of uh, fighting that case was that. So my mind was already, I'm conditioned to stay so far out the way that I'm not worried about what's going to happen when I get on the pound. I know that I'm going to be in my books preparing for tomorrow and working out and staying poised. I'm eating raw vegetables until they cut the common field off. I'm a bowl of oatmeal for hard health. Like, I wanted to get out as young as I went in. Like, mm-hmm. that was the mission. Like, if I could get out with a semblance of youth, I'd feel good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm you know, happy to say I came out without a gray hair at that time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then I, I bumped into older guys that had been in jail since 1988, 1982. And they telling me, you won. You won. That's how I came up with the with the title you for the book. Won. You won, man. You came in young. You're going out young. You won, man. I said, yeah, I already won, huh? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I, I took that, you know, as gospel because these guys get up with this strength every day to prepare for a tomorrow that wasn't promised to them. They had life sentences. Yet, they got up every day as if they was getting out the day after that. Mm. And I'm like, shit, if they going to be that prepared to get out 
I definitely right. Not, what am I'm I? I'm actually getting out. I'm. I know I'm getting out. I had this new uh, sense of worth for myself. So when I when I found out I had a a different um, goal in mind for my life, it made me focus on that goal more. And, and you said you stayed secluded away from even the individuals you once admired that probably was like, "Yo, what's up?" And you're like, "Nah." Because we ain't even on the same wavelength. Like, right. what I'm trying to do and you trying to do is different. No, no disrespect. No disrespect. You know, but I'm just over here with mine. At that point when you was in jail, did you realize, did you make up your mind that I don't care who I love, I can't put myself in jeopardy to help them? Do you realize? Because yes. that's that was, when I listened to your story, that's what it was about. Your love for everybody else and you feeling obligated to make sure that you provided and did things for them. So when you got into that situation, you did you make up your mind that that wasn't happening no more? Yes. That was that was the biggest part of my transition. I knew that I was still going to love some of these people. You still kind of base some of your, your journey with these people in extremes. We live by extremes. Everything was life or death. Mm-hmm. All of our relationships, if you look back on most street guys, all of the relationships you make are life or death friendships. So mm-hmm. these are the things that we, you got to take into consideration sometimes. Like, how much how much do you love your life and how much new information did you gather that's going to help you say no to putting your your livelihood at in jeopardy? Mm-hmm. So... Cool. I'm I'm sturdy now. And 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 now I'm using the term sturdy as if it don't mean that you're a pushover. It means that you're you're not a pushover mentally. So that form of manipulation or that form of uh limited thinking and beliefs that will allow you to make a decision against yourself and your family and all of the positive things you could be giving back to the community um as a result of your journey. You can't just say no to that. These are big time things. That's what make gangsters. That's right. This is what make gangsters. Gangsters don't necessarily put destruction in your hands and say, go for it. They're supposed to be the ones making a better way for everybody. So now I don't I don't use the word gangster lightly if if it's a such thing. If I could associate myself with whatever my definition of gangster is, it it means that I want to build on something positive. I wanna I wanna be the one that say, yo, kid, I see you got a hell of a knockout punch and you think that gotta lead to you having a hell of a trigger finger. You don't need that. If you that tough, read this book. Don't let nobody push you over in negotiations when you go to um talk about your contract. So I had ART too, but my jail and have ART, so thereby I I, I skipped that. But and the feds, they had this, another version of ART. But I get in there, and I used to ask people. I'm like, yo, and these are sturdy, sturdy. guys, the, the realest of the realest. And I'm like, what if you found out everything that you learned in life thus far was wrong? Mm. What if all of the principles and stuff we stood on and found out they was wrong? Would we have the power to go back and address them? Will we will we have the the kind of the same energy to go back and find new answers that we had when following some of these suggestions? 
And that's what I, and I used to get pushback. It used to be, you know what I'm saying, be like, yo, I, everything I did for my for my people when, you know what I'm saying, that's how I, I'm like, yo, I can't knock that, but I'm, well, I'm mad to you. you question. Right, I'm mad you. Know, you. Just hypothetically. Does your son benefit from everything you did? Because mm. my daughter used to ask me to put her to sleep, and it was quiet mm-hmm. for that. Exactly. I used to be like, daddy can't right now. And my relationship with her is strained to this day because we don't understand each other. So mm. every time we, it's a, it's a. Every time we say we're doing it for our family, you're doing it for this. When you're not there, you can't do shit for your family. That absence has created such a divide in our understanding that if it's something really, really minuscule, could destroy our whole thread because the thread is so thin. Mm. And that is a, a a result of my decision making in my my journey, no matter how much I met well. Mm. So that has to be that has to hurt. Like knowing that it hurts. My daughter needs support. She needs she need rescuing. She needs type of shit that you can't even give her in full capacity because the relationship is not strong enough to even be able to give it to her like you want to give it. I'll try to make amends for my original journey to this journey. Now, do that mean we're going to have a good relationship because I'm trying? No, it don't mean that. Never mean. But it don't stop me from continuing to give it to somebody else that might be more agreeable to hearing it at this time. So I'm going to keep practicing. I'm going to keep saying the good things to people that might be more agreeable to the message today. And then some of those things might get to her. What was, the, what was your mindset when you got back into society? How, how was your transition? Like, what did you find yourself doing differently? What did you, what was you, what did you say? Like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Did you, have, did you have a plan? Did you have one plan? Like, yo, this is what I'm doing. And did you follow it out, or did you get out here and then started figuring out what you want to do? Like, what was the process? Well, there's no way. There's no way. Looking at this resume, no summer job, no job. Who's going to hire me? Mm-hmm. It's nobody. This is quiet for that. It's nobody going to hire this two-time felon with no job history, no work history. So I said, okay. Me understanding that, and I don't want to work for nobody anyway. That wasn't like it. That was one of my ambitions. But I'm like, well, if I want to be, you know, a part of an industry and a culture that 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 did help shape me, it behooves me to use my best attributes. My pencil was always fairly decent in drawing. I thought I had a sense of style that, you know, could at least fight the the look cool. And I use those things to say, all right, this would be one business that I could, I could, I could build. Initially, I came home and uh, Yandy and Mandisi greeted me with the, "Yo, what's up, man? Like, what we gonna do?" Ah, da, da. I'm like, "Well, shoot, let's get Mandisi situated. He, you know, you guys are celebrities, and I'm not a celebrity. I don't even want to be a celebrity. I just want to be helpful to, excuse me, to your journey and." Um, let me see what I could do to be a part of that. So uh, they shared they they rolodexes with me and said, "Well, figure it out. Whatever it is that you want to do, you know, you you kill it, you eat it. Like you know what I'm saying." So I, I'm like, I thought that was a good challenge, and I started trying to think of things that I could fit or be a part of, and that led me to um, 
saying, all right, like clothing, I'm I'm fairly uh, good in music to help somebody else get to somebody that they want to, you know, be a part of. And also, if opportunities should come in um, the movie field, I could um, apply whatever little change I get my hands on to being um, a part of the production. So it was so many ways I was trying to fit. And um, so I, I did some of all. And mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if I had enough resources for that, which I'm sure I did not have enough. I look at my... But you figured it out. Nope, I didn't have enough resources. So, but you you just, you go fight. You, you fight and you, you figure it out. Like small victories add up. And um, those seeds make trees. And after a while... People would call it genius when something clicks and it 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 just went through the natural progression of uh, maturity, right? And people say, "Yo, kid is a hustler," but no, it was hard. Like, and and I, I'm 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 watching what I say because some people could take this offensively. As a community, we don't we don't like to make stuff no more. We think that. Sewing clothes as a as a job description is menial. We want to be the person directing people to do this. Want to be everybody's the boss, right? So I had to go all the way to LA to be a part of the community that didn't look down on that that level of service. Mm. So I couldn't find many black people. I ain't even gonna hold you. I couldn't just didn't know where they was at. Couldn't find them. A lot of people I ran into were Mexicans. Now, Mexicans, they work with you. Now, it's supposed to be a little racial divide. I have no, I have no um, experience with that. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of jail. Jail, it was... Jail a, is everything. Yeah, segregated. segregated. Everything was segregated. And I still was super cool with the Mexicans Me in too. jail. Right, Me too. right, right. But out there in L.A., I was... I, I hung with uh, one guy in particular. He showed me everything from cutting and sewing to the whole process of um, constructing a garment. Mm. So I use these now, these skills, they're very usable skills, but they're also, it was a way of making a business. So I could not only do mines, but I could do for others. Sure, I ended up doing it for others more than I was doing it for myself. So especially when the pandemic came in because more people needed that service because so many parts of the world wasn't was available to them. It, it it made me money actually. It was crazy. But um yeah. So me me sitting down there going to that's a level of going to school. It it no, I didn't get a certificate. But you sat down and learned. I sat down, sat and, down learned. and learned at school. And my people was like, yo, he bugging. Like he's just hanging around, he got sewing machines and shit. Like he's bugging for real. But people can't always see, see your vision, right. man. They might So you came home was like, listen, I'm getting to this fashion. You know right. what I'm saying? I know a little thing about movies. I'm just figure out how I can dibble and dabble in that. Right. You got your book. Right. You know what I'm saying? That it's a dope book. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Guys clothing. Like, I still ain't got my hat, but it's cool. Don't worry about it. It's you know what I'm saying? It's in the car. Okay. It's so, in the car. You know what I'm saying? You got guys and you in the movie mm-hmm. that you have you you're an investor in the movie. Yeah. It's I'm called Aurora. It it's actually a, a really great project. Noel Calloway um, directed. He's, he's, he did a great job. Um, I'm happy to be a part of it. And when it when it is, 
people would see some humor, um, a love story, and it, it just changes the narrative of all oh, shoot 'em up, bang bang, because that's not all we we are, that's right. right? So we could get to that. I know a bunch of those stories too, but I love love. Like it, that's it, right. Yeah, it resonates with me. So you know, I wanted to be a part of that kind of um, movement also, and um, as you said about the book. I have another book in the works that um, I think is going to be a a nice sequel, if not sequel, but a nice continuation to um, You Already Won. Now, You Already Won, I didn't want to do. I kept being nagged by uh, a lady named Donna. Well, I call her Monique. So Monique, she stay on my back. Monique says, listen, Aaron, you have to put yourself out there and da-da-da, you got a lot of talent. You got, I'm like, nah, I'm behind the scenes. You know, through her persuasion, I said, all right, well, I'm going to have to put a little leg out there because I don't have the benefit of being around such, um, you know, being by myself at this point um, in the journey. I didn't have the benefit of being attached to such a power source that uh, I was able, was able to, to right, yeah. right. So you had to figure. I had to put a little leg out there, mm-hmm. and um, so it made me write the book. And you know, I thought to you know use some of the things that happened in my life, or just common phrases that people used in my neighborhood that might seem like a one liner, but it meant so much more. So I used that as inspiration to write the first book. But I have so much more to share that I, you know, I hope that people enjoy going forward. There's this stigma that, you know, when you incarcerated, that you just don't have a chance. You know what I'm saying? You're negative. You know, you when you ch- like used to go to look for jobs and they said, were you ever incarcerated? Oh, we definitely don't want nothing to do with him. Right. Right? And and you defy that stigma. You know what I'm saying? You were an individual who, who most of his life was taught things. You know, we glorified things that we thought was right, but we realized that it was a dead end. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and you tried to transition as you grow. You know what I'm saying? Youth is, we sometimes we just so oblivious to realities in our youth, and we just move off energy without even any level of wisdom. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you've seen, you showed the process of growing, you know, each step, you was like, damn, I need to get out of this. First, you, you, you aspire, like, I just want to be the biggest drug dealer. I want to, and then he was like, this shit ain't nothing. Right. Like, I'm trying to transition. And then, you know, ultimately, unfortunately, you know, you had to sit down and you had to regather and you had to restructure your mindset. And then when you came back out here, you showed different. You know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I know that you're destined for more and more success and you, you constantly keep growing. So I just want to celebrate that, you know, and I want people to, to hear your story because Aaron is a, a person. Aaron is a legend. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, sir. The legendary A. You you know what I'm saying? But a lot of people don't know the full, you know, scope of your story. And I just want people to sit down and hear. You're one of those people that I believe that somebody's going to hear. Some young boy who's on the trajectory is going to hear and be like, damn, that sounds like me. So I appreciate you. I'm motivated by you. You know, I want to interview people that motivate me. You know what I'm saying? I just be trendy or... All this, and I want to interview people that most people may not even know that have done things that motivate. You know what I'm saying? May I add to this? Yes, you can, King. So, I I thank you for the legend tag. 
Yeah. I, I never give myself. I've I never. You're never supposed to. I don't even play with the word. I think that the the thing that you do with your opportunity to me makes you a legend. I have exactly so much is. to close out before I consider myself. Well, you're saying close. Out. This is what stand up individuals do. They acknowledge. They hold themselves accountable. You know, there's so much self accountability here. Like right. you, every time you did something, well, I got to hold myself accountable. Yeah. Well, I did. It. You ain't blame nobody else. Well, I did this wrong, and I did this, and I had to deal with this, and I'm gonna sit. And I, you know, it's always on the I, and that's what stand up individuals do. So, you know, in that regard, for me, it's legendary. And the fact that anywhere that you go, for the most part, if it's a stand up individual, they know a, hey, you know what I'm saying, and they know that he carries himself. Is they gonna have the same Story every time you talk about A is going, oh, nah, that's A. A is official. A is a stand-up dude. He a good dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, when that, when your name circulates throughout the world and that's what they say about you everywhere, nine out of ten is probably one person that's just mad at you for something because you probably had something to do with his girlfriend or something. But, you know what I'm saying? We know that probably. Yeah, that was childish. That was my childish That was your childish ambitions. But but for the most part, that's what they're going to say, man. Make sure that you... Tune in with Aaron. He's on Instagram. He's doing a lot of things. Make sure that you follow him. Pay attention to his journey. Young kids, listen to his story. Hope that it can motivate you and it can deter you from certain things. You know, this is about education. We want you to hear the realities of our stories and our life and our trials and tribulations and take that and don't make the same mistakes we've made. You know? Please we, our our job is to circum help you circumvent those mistakes. I say it all the time to my young boys. I'm a cheat sheet through life. You know, if you just if you just take this sheet and you listen to what I'm saying, you ain't gotta make the mistakes I make. You can get to where I'm at now without making none of the mistakes. So tune in to the next episode. Sit down with the stand ups. Shout out to my boy A. Love you, Ken. Thank you, sir. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWoman.tv. That's how we own it! State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always updating Assistant that can be called on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. But the six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 